0: I'm Megan Skidmore, and welcome to the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt. I'm a woman, daughter, sister, spouse, mother, life coach, and person of faith on a mission to normalize asking questions and allowing doubts on a faith journey and all aspects of life. Join me as I bring this traditionally taboo topic out of the shadows of shame and into the light. I firmly believe we normalize through more talking and engaging in discussion. More talking peels back, exposes, and erases the layers of shame associated with asking questions and allowing doubts. When we are more authentic about our journey, We are more powerful because shame has no power in the face of authenticity. Beginning October 5th, the Dallas Hope Charities Collective Hope Coalition will be hosting their first ever book club and wrap up in November in honor of Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week, November 13th through the 18th. Every week, we'll be discussing Dr. Brandon Andrew Robinson's book, Coming Out to the Streets, and how the book ties in to the Dallas Hope Charities' fight to end hopelessness. It begins Thursday, October 5th through Thursday, November 16th. If you would like more information, please send an email to chc at dallashopecharities.org. Books can be purchased on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, UC Press, or through used bookstores. If cost is a barrier, please reach out for alternative options. I am so excited to share with you that the Love Loud Music Festival is coming to the Lone Star State. Founded in 2017 by Dan Reynolds, Love Loud is a catalyst to bring communities and families together to help ignite the vital conversation about what it means to unconditionally love our LGBTQ+ plus friends and family. Love Loud offers hope to people, letting them know they're not alone and encouraging acceptance in the home and community. It all begins with talking, sharing, and showing the realities of what LGBTQ+ plus individuals face daily. If you are in Texas and interested in volunteering along with me and some of your fellow Texans, please reach out and i will connect you with the right person i would love to stand side by side and serve along with you more information is on their website which i have listed in the show notes welcome everyone to the beyond the shadow of dot podcast today i have i always want to say fancy jancy (laughs) because that's your instagram handle yeah, and you are you are pretty dang fancy, especially oh. <laughs> if, you, if you see her home reels and pictures on her Instagram account. Wow, um, my you. dream to be that organized. Anyway, Jancy is a friend of mine and fellow coach, and actually fellow LGBTQ plus mama. And I'm just so grateful that you uh, accepted my invitation to come on and share your story, uh, your faith journey with uh, our listeners everybody's is unique everybody's is different and one's not right and the other wrong one's not better or worse than another i just think it's so beautiful to to learn about others and their journeys their roads their pathways in life so with that i want to give you as much time as i can take a moment and introduce yourself tell everybody all the things about dancy
1: Oh, awesome. Well, you're so sweet. That was such a sweet introduction. I appreciate that so much. Um, it's kind of funny cause I, I actually have a friend who just recently told me that her daughter who follows me thought my name was fancy. So she said I was following fancy today. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'll take it. That is, that's great. I, <laughs> I'll take fancy, but uh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to share my journey i am Jancy wright i live in saint george utah and i first and foremost am a wife of 29 years goodness even saying it out loud seems like a long time i've got four kiddos and i am a i like to call myself a simplifying coach (laughs) because i think that organization always starts with simplifying first so simplifying coach and a certified life coach so um, that's just a little bit about me. I live in Southern Utah and it's like my big playground. I just love anything adventurous and outdoors. So thank you. That's so sweet.
0: You've got science nearby. You've got rice, <laughs> not too much further off and uh, the grand Canyon would be a, a day trip for you. It
1: is the grand Canyon and science and all that is just my playground. I love hiking and being outdoors. And so That is just like a dream country to live here. So absolutely. Yeah. So fun.
0: So you've shared about your family, you know, where you live. Can you share a little bit about kind of your, your growing up, uh, your faith of origin? Was that also in St. George or was that somewhere else? Um, And just a little bit about your, your journey growing up.
1: For sure. So I actually grew up in Northern Utah, so I live at the bottom of the state. I grew up in Northern Utah. I grew up in, um, as a member of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, awesome parents. I'm the oldest of six. So I, I I feel like I had a great childhood. We actually kind of lived on a farm and my dad taught me how to work really hard. And through that hard work, we, you know, I milked cows and all the things that, um, are not really very fancy, but, (laughs) um, but I learned how to just really work really hard. And so, but also with that, my parents were very black and white. And so I, um, I was, I would say I was the same. I grew up that way. And so when my husband and I met and got married, um, that's kind of how we raised our, started raising our children.
0: Um,
1: there wasn't very many gray areas. It was pretty much just black or white. And I loved that. I mean, that's what I thought was like my core, right. Until it wasn't (laughs) right. So, um, yeah, a little backstory about me. I just, I, I felt like I just, I loved my religion. I went to a religious school and I just, I thought that was the only way for true happiness, to be honest. And, and until I, I, was able to go through some experiences that has changed my thinking. And I'm so grateful for that.
0: So, yeah, thank you so much. I think uh, at least the guests that I've spoken with, you are not alone in your coming to that realization of how black and white your thinking was at at one time. And as a coach, Mm -hmm. I know that you help others see that in their way of thinking as well. Yes, And there are definitely much more gray areas in life than I know for me that I've realized mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. I would love to hear a little bit more about you mentioned a minute ago that there have been things that have happened that have adjusted your viewpoint, adjusted your paradigms that like we could say, you mm-hmm. know, and for me, this is this is the meat of why I started this podcast. I found that in the beginning of my journey as an LGbtQ plus parent, I felt a lot of resistance within,
1: Mm -hmm. To even
0: allow myself to lean into the idea that something I thought of in a certain way could possibly be seen in another way or that perhaps I had misunderstood it or that I didn't have all of the information. I just, I struggled to allow myself um, Mm -hmm. permission to, to ask the questions, to, you know, to seek different answers. Although, I mean, Of course I did. I dove in at first trying to find and read and and gather all the information I could. But I I found that it just, it took work to allow doubts and let go of the shame that often comes with that because of the way, you know, we are taught around those two subjects. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not just in our faith, but lots of conservative faiths um, have a a negative stigma, well, I guess stigma is negative, a a negative connotation or stigma attached to having questions and doubts.
1: Yeah. And you know what, I- I,
0: For you when that happened and when that came up.
1: For sure, absolutely. I I have come to realize that that is all fear-based, right? And Mm -hmm. that if I was to go way back to my early upbringing, I was probably like a senior in high school- and a neighbor of our son had came out as gay and was actually going to be getting married. And at the time, I think the only place that allowed marriage was in Nevada. And so I remember my parents talking about it and they were just like disgusted and they couldn't believe it. And, and his parents were trying to decide if they should go to the wedding or not. And so this was like my first experience with... Um, anybody from the LGBTQ community, and and to me, I remember just thinking, "Oh, well, this is a bad thing. Like I should stay away from this, right?" So that this is kind of where my thinking was. Um, and then I really didn't know anybody from the LGBTQ community since that time, until uh, you know. I, I think I was really pretty sheltered. We we actually lived back east for a little while, and I do believe that there was probably a few members of the LGBTQ community that were in our school where we attended but I really just kind of avoided them I think I was just it was just that black and white thinking right of like oh that's like I think and it's all fear-based obviously that I I realize now but and then fast forward to my son who um his senior year of high school he was highly he involved in plays and, and musical just very talented in that And I remember one particular night he had gone out to a play and came home and for some reason, only him and I were home this one evening and he, um, and why this happened, I don't know. But for some reason, a text message that was sent to him came to my phone and the, in the text message it said, um, I know you're gay and you're wanting to meet up with so-and-so and I, I don't really remember all the details of the text, but I remember sitting there in my bedroom, reading this text and just this overwhelming sense of fear came to me. And I remember going into his room and just like taking his shoulders and saying, you are not gay. Like, this is not okay. You know, and, um, and all, uh, I tear up when I talk about it because, um, I didn't handle that right. And it was all fear-based. It was all from my upbringing and the things that I've learned and been taught. And, um, he was crying and I was crying and he said, Oh my, I'm, I know, I'm sorry. I'm not. And, and, you know, we ended up going to one of our, um, ecclesiastic leaders and, and talking to him about it. And fast forward, he actually ends up serving a mission an LDS mission for our church. And, um, It wasn't until he came. And I I remember after that happened, we never talked about it again. Like that was it. It just was that one experience. Mm -hmm. And then I never brought it up to him. He never brought it up to me. He ends up leaving and going on a mission. And I just thought that's in the past. And I remember just like kind of burying that down. And then he, he comes home, you know, a couple of years later. And I realized, um, I still had that fear based, like he came home and started kind of dating girls, but not really. And, um, it wasn't until he, um, one night, what was one night he had planned for him to tell my husband and I, he, he had said, Hey, I really have something really important to tell you. And he, in the meantime, he had asked for like a life coach and I was so excited. I just graduated from life coaching school and I thought, great. He's needing some help to like have some guidance in his life um unknowns to me he actually needed a life coach to help him gain the courage to be able to tell my husband and i and so this particular night i knew he was going to be talking to us and you know call it a spiritual experience or whatever you believe um i just i knew i just had this overwhelming feeling that that's what he was going to tell us is that he was gay and i had so much peace and comfort with that, that I can't describe it. And a lot of it has a lot to do with the the coaching tools that I've learned, that I have learned with that, that I got to think about it, whatever I wanted. And I didn't have to think about it the same way my parents did. I could think about it or my upbringing. I could think about it however I wanted. And when I chose to think differently about it is when I felt this overwhelming spirit of just like this is going to be okay. And so when he did tell us, it it was this loving moment. It was like him and I hugging and embracing and my husband and and it was just like this beautiful moment. And I I think that I needed to go through some of those experiences honestly before so that I could I could learn from the difference of how I felt in that moment of being in complete fear to being in complete peace. And it all had to do with what I decided to think about the experience. So that was long-winded, but No, no it
0: wasn't. This <laughs> is exactly no. This is I I wanted to ask you a quick follow-up question. You said you had a lot of coaching tools and you were able to think about it in a different way than your yeah maybe you're, you mentioned the way you had been brought up to think about it, your parents mm-hmm. thought about it. Can yes. you share a little bit more about Absolutely. what that sounds like or looks like? What what? Yeah. How exactly did you look at it? Like, what are some of the thoughts that you um, introduced into your... Um, so your
1: the thing I love about the coaching tools that we've been taught is that, you know, everything you think creates a feeling and it puts you into action, right? And so I have chose to think of it as my child is a child of God and he God has made him this way and how beautiful that I get to love a child of God and I I don't know I just as I've I've thought that's one of the thoughts that I always go to. I also go to how awesome that I get to learn the real value of unconditional love and that has just like, it taught me so much as, um, just all walks of people from all faiths and, um, genders and a a color. It doesn't matter. Like, I just, I love that. I love that. I just get to love people unconditionally. And that has just been like the greatest gift in my life, honestly. And so, um, those tools that I was led to are all because, um I, I it's I I honestly bev- believe in a God that knows us and loves us so much that he he puts people and um experiences into our life that are going to help us long before we actually need them, right In fact, an experience happened with some of the with with life coaching school actually that has a lot to do with um, the experience I had with my son is um we were just in the end of our coaching and, and we were asked, we were sent a list of like 350 names and we were supposed to pick somebody to coach with. And the instructions were just pick whoever you want, reach out to them and start coaching with them for the next, I think it was two to two to six weeks, something like that. This was in your certification and program, in our right? certification in your, program. So you were mm-hmm. still a student. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still a student. It's like our last like little bit, like maybe the last 6 weeks of our our certification. And I remember my husband and I at the time we were in Hawaii for our 25th wedding anniversary and I, I pulled up this email and it's this list of just like 350 people and I'm like how am I supposed to choose? And so I basically just was like eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I was like, "Oh, Jenny Hunter. She sounds like no a great way. name." No way. And I picked Jenny Hunter. And I reached out to her. I had no idea what she looked like. I had no idea what her niche niche was. I had nothing. I reached out to her (laughs) and she um, said, yeah, I'd love to coach with you. And so we started coaching and I was, you know, I was coaching on simplifying an organization. She was coaching on um, having a happy marriage and dating your husband. And for six weeks we met together and I had no idea she had a gay son. I had no idea she never brought it up. We just, you know, we've coached and we, we, we became friends through this coaching time. And um, so this happened, this happened about eight weeks before my son came out to us that he was gay. And um, so my son comes out and, and there's that. And then maybe about a couple months later, I'm scrolling through Instagram and and I'm having my own inner stuff. Yeah. I was good with it and I was peaceful with it. But then that's when all the faith stuff starts coming up, right? And like you're just in this place and you feel alone, and and they don't want you to tell. My son didn't want us to tell anybody, and so you're just so lonely and you feel so lonely. And I remember I was in my closet one day and I was just scrolling through Instagram, trying to numb out, and this post comes up from Jenny Hunter about her son being gay, and I sat there in my closet. <laughs> crying like my eyes out because I couldn't I, I had somebody I had somebody to reach out to I immediately text her and I said my son just told me he's gay and I feel so alone and I have to coach with you and she said I can get on in an hour and her and I I remember I was I, I wasn't even supposed to tell anybody but I felt like she was like the safe place that nobody knew my son I remember sitting in the car in my garage and just coaching with her and she was just like this angel on earth and a little bit of the backstory like what are the chances that i would choose this lady <laughs> who is like amazing and from a list of 350 people well it's not by chance i think a, a loving god knew that i needed her he knew that i needed her and he guided me to choose her name and I, I didn't know I needed her because I didn't even know that my son was gay at the time. But God did. God knew that I needed her in my life. And um, I have held on to that, to be honest, Megan. I have held on to that as like my guide. Like if he can give me an experience like that in my life, then then why would this be a wrong thing? You know what I mean? Like if he if he can guide me through this and, and guide me to somebody that he knows I'm going to need with my son that's gay. And then, then he's got me in all areas of my life. And I just have held up. That's the thought that I always go to. He's always got me. God is good and he's got me. And so I share that story just because it, it honestly is, a, is just a witness that he knows and loves and our children. So, and he loves us.
0: Wow. I love stories like that (laughs) and I think we all have them especially those that are absolutely because we all at least all those that I have spoken with um, it is very lonely
1: yeah it is scary Mm -hmm.
0: there is so much stigma and misunderstanding and shame around that topic that yeah, it takes a while to find a safe space to talk and and just get it, get it out and Mm -hmm. know that you're not alone. Um,
1: That's why your podcast is such a blessing because, and I, yeah. Yeah. I just, you need someone. I, I remember like at the time, like the only thing I had to hold on to was listen, learn and love. And I would go to walk on walks and I would just listen to that over and over. And so you having this po- podcast is a safe place for people to listen to other people's stories and be able to know that they're not by themselves. And, that's and if I can share any kind of message here today that can help someone else, that's the way I want to do it because others were such a lifeline for me when I was going through it. Right now, I'm in such a good place that I can talk positively about it, but there's, there's some dark times. It's tough yeah, it's really sure. it's the hardest, one of the hardest things you'll ever go through, honestly. But if you can um change your mindset to believe that um there is a beautiful future and a beautiful, beautiful things can come from it, you really will see those beautiful things. So I cannot agree uh,
0: more. And it was finally in the leaning into my my doubts, my uncertainty, you know, looking up the definition of doubt, it's a verb. It can be used as a verb or a noun mm-hmm. as a, as a noun it's to be uncertain. Yeah. And, um, when I would think of it that way, what's wrong with being uncertain? And then I, I read Brian McLaren's faith after doubt and, and, and I learned more about uncertainty and I've realized actually it's mentally healthy to allow yeah. ourselves uncertainty
1: mm-hmm. okay.
0: so that we're not putting putting ourselves in this position of our our world crashing down around us when one thing is amiss from what we had understood it to be in that black and white sense. It's just so much more peaceful and I've learned so much more about God and how expansive God is. and I've learned to trust so much more just like you said, God is good. And he's got me. Um, when I allowed myself to literally embrace uncertainty, I found not just the ability to breathe (laughs) a little bit more, but Mm -hmm. to, um, to find a deeper measure of peace, trusting Mm -hmm. that there were things I just didn't fully understand.
1: Yeah, exactly. I love that. That's so true. So good. I want to
0: ask you another question. Before I do, I just wanted to speak to what you mentioned about your upbringing, your your perspectives about the LGBTQ plus topic specifically, and you acknowledged all of it was fear-based. And when you were talking about your response, when your son came out the first time and you had tears come up because of how that happened, you know, and how, what your response was, I just, I'm sure I'm not the first person to tell you this, but maybe somebody listening, this might be the first time they hear it. So Mm -hmm. I say to you and I say to the listeners, that's all you knew at the time. And you truly didn't know any better. And (laughs) we all have regrets (laughs) when it comes to our kids. However. I'm not the first to say this one either. When you know better, you do better.
1: Yeah.
0: And I and I absolutely know our kids see that and they feel that, and you know, an approach or uh, a response that we later look back on and think, "Wow, I really bombed that one." <laughs> I mean, we still have choices. We can still, like you said, through your coaching tools, you started to look at LGBTQ plus people in a different way. We can look at those responses and think, okay, I can use that as a as an opportunity to apologize to my child, to admit yes. that I'm human, that I'm not, I'm going to make mistakes, some of them really big ones.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: and, and use that as an opportunity to grow closer and feel the love that comes. That can only come through um at least I believe through um admitting we're wrong through apologizing and forgiving forgiving ourselves and forgiving others
1: yes and I I mean tears are coming up for me as you're speaking and I I realize that even though I feel as I've forgiven myself for that um it it still brings up, Some feelings of shame over that, right? But giving myself grace and just recognizing it and saying, that's okay. Like, like you said, I was doing my the best I knew how at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, and what an awesome thing that I get to do better now and move forward. And if you can get in that mindset of I get, I get this opportunity to be able to do better, um, that's when you'll see all these little miracles and blessings that are just everywhere everywhere
0: and I also love what you said you you looked at it one of the ways that you introduced or or, or just emphasized in your own life is I get to love this beautiful child of God and yes yeah.
1: I wouldn't change anything I wouldn't change one single thing I, I wouldn't and either I tell people that and they look at me like I'm crazy I'm like no like I have learned empathy so well I've learned love so well like I feel like my savior and I walk hand in hand with just complete love and it's because I've allowed just the spirit to guide me and it's I'm so grateful and the other thing I wanted to mention is that um people will follow your lead because even though I remember one of my biggest fears was telling my parents like oh Like after he was like, Hey, we can start telling people. And I just thought, and I just in prayer, fervent prayer, like help me to tell my parents, help their hearts to be softened. And, um, I realized that people follow your lead as I approached it and said, you know, Jaden has, Jaden is going to come. He, he wanted to tell them, but I wanted to prepare them. So I was like, Jaden's going to tell you that he's gay. I said, Jay's going to tell you something that's going to be really hard for you to hear. And I said, I just want you to really pray about this, um, that you will have a softened heart before he tells you.
0: Hopeful Spaces is a Dallas Hope Charities component of Hopeful Discussions sponsored by Mercedes-Benz Financial Services USA. It's a free monthly parent, ally, or caregiver support group facilitated by Megan Skidmore Coaching. Email chc at dallashopecharities.org for more info. Visit MeganSkidmoreCoaching.com to find this podcast and additional free resources, including the link for a complimentary coaching session. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram for more or to send me a DM. Help the podcast grow. Please follow, review, and share with a friend.